Episode of the Bench Mob E N T. We joined by the big three tonight. Fourth one is out on injury right now. He's uh in between traveling, making uh money moves, but we got back Miles left-handed, smooth operated with a fresh Knicks tattoo on his thigh, which y'all can't see as of right now. But he's out here. It's Nick's loyalty to the death of him. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, yo. I should have worn this. Next week when the draft happens, but I'm a little early, but yo, I'm telling you, like we really gotta wait till we get a camera man to zoom in and whatnot, because this nigga fit is crazy. Yankees, Nick shorts, the new ones with the Knicks on the crotch area, and then a Knicks tattoo flexion right now. He love his teams, bro. <laughs> of course, we got Greg, debate your mother. And debate your coach, Mr. Hot Takes, Mr. Unity Legends, Mr. I'm about to be married, Mr. Cabo. <laughs> you put too much out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> you about to say something else? You know, Mr. Paris, big money, yeah. taking the place of money bags. For this episode, sends mere. You know we gotta give everything. Giants Nation, Danny Dimes, all that. How are you doing tonight? And he's rocking his Unity Legend gear right now. Right, nah, I'm good, bro. I'm showing. I didn't even notice that that tattoo was new. You always had that, Miles. Nah, I got this like five months ago, six months ago. Well, I mean, it's not like we just be seeing his thighs. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we we would ever know too. Yeah, ever know that he had yeah, to, yeah. For the most part, he be wearing sweats, jeans, and stuff like that. Like he be, you know, his jeans like a hundred, hundred eighty dollars. Uh, when the you remember when the Omavi jeans came out? Yeah, what's that? What's that? Top, what's that first topic? <laughs> they were wearing true religions. <laughs> money, 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 money. Remember when Doge was here? Like, yo, you got to allocate stuff. Let's see his allocation. His allocation. Sneakers. <laughs> Clothes, fits, and then haircuts. You got to cut Jaden Rose-esque, but he be on it. Yeah, he do be on he it. He be on it. He don't show up to the episode without that the waves correct. spinning. Yes. Right. Yo, I'm telling you, when we get this, we can have it a live stream. Bruh. He going to have some options. He going to have some options. He the only one on the show that could respond to some of the ladies. He be fresh. He the only one to show you about to be married. I'm married. CJ Money Bags just got married, so you know the ladies gonna flock towards the the one open free agent. You feel me? Yeah, I hope I'm not that sad friend who's just out here playing 
I'm, I'm not Bill Bellamy character from uh, from Love Jones. <laughs> nah, you really you you that uh, top free agent first tier. You about to get a max contract. You just got a bunch of options. You could choose, you know, Miami. You could choose the Cavs. You, you just got options galore. Cavs. Galore. <laughs> Speaking, of, I just mentioned the Cavs. That's a you know a small market team. Great story for the NBA, man. The Bucks win. And, you know, I had to repost the clip because Tone said it. He told Greg. Greg asked him, was like, yo, Tone, you really think Milwaukee's going to win four straight? I said, yeah, man. And he lied. He said Giannis ain't got the cojones to do it. And Giannis went and dropped a 50-piece in honor of Greg. Before we even get into the recap of the series, the recap of game six, is there anything you want to say to Giannis Antetokounmpo? You didn't apologize to Paul George when he played well. Do you no. want to apologize at all to Greek Freak? I know I knew what Paul George was. I knew what Paul George was the whole time. That's why I didn't apologize. But and he proved me right. But um he did. He really did. He folded. That's that's his obvious. <laughs> what um, about Giannis though? Did he huh? fold? Giannis didn't fold. Giannis has made it Giannis has made it all the right stuff. He proved me wrong. I'm wrong. I got no problem wow. admitting when I'm wrong. Jeez, I don't think I ever July twenty second, nine oh five PM. <laughs> A first on the episode ever. This is like a stat they got throw on ESPN. Greg apologized. That's. <laughs> Yo, I've admitted that I'm wrong. I'm just not. I'm not. That, I'm not wrong that often. But I'm, I'm wrong about this. this for sure. He proved me wrong. I, I no one would have seen. I keep talking about the same thing. Over the span of the last two weeks, his his game completely changed because we just used him differently. He has no ego. He took the coaching. He did. He played to his strengths. And he worked on his free throw shooting enough throughout the playoffs to be a really efficient with it. So you got to give him credit for it. Like he, he deserves credit for that. And if he's playing in the post, which is what I've always said, if he plays down there, it's gonna he's, he'll be a better player for it as opposed to he's not he's not Bron. He can't initiate your offense in the half court every single time and have the ball and be patting up top of the key and all. That's not the way he's gonna play. He can't do that. You're not gonna ISO him and win on the perimeter. You can't do that. So. Um, not, not you can't live with that. You can do it like three or four times a game. You can't have him doing that. So, credit to them. Credit to uh, to Budenholzer. He saved his job for now. So they get bounced and forward by ne- next year by, by the Nets. But it's cool. Let them enjoy their moment. Miles, what was your takeaways from Game Six? Final score: 105-98 Bucks. We just mentioned Giannis had the fifty piece. What was your takeaways from the game? With that game, I kind of expected Giannis to want to put a, a nail in the coffin in that one and not have to go back to Phoenix and deal with them counting to 20 every time he shoots a free throw because he was getting to the line a lot in game six. But I don't know. I was disappointed that the the Buck, not the Bucks, the, the Suns players, a couple of them didn't come, come to play. I think D-Book, I don't know if the moment was too big for him, but he was missing a lot more shots than I was I was accustomed to those those past couple games before that. And I don't know. I feel like DeAndre Ayton was quiet, but that's because he was in foul trouble all the time dealing with Giannis. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I expected a little more out of them in this last game. But, I mean, who, who could really top Giannis going off like this? I mean, the thing, too, I, I want to mention – you know, from watching the game, we mentioned it last episode, but I want to just reiterate it for all the analysts, all the, the perks of the world and everybody that was saying it. Don't you ever put Devin Booker's name with Kobe Bryant's name 
ever in a sentence like ever in a sentence let this man kobe rest in peace don't have him turn over in his grave again talking about devin booker devin booker only is a scorer Devin Booker doesn't do anything else, even with him having the 40 points, back-to-back games. He don't do nothing else. Chris Middleton going off. If Kobe was alive and he was on the court and his prime, what is Kobe doing? I'm going to go guard Middleton, and that junk is clamps the rest of the night. Who D-Book be locking up or attempt to lock up? Who he make struggle? Fine. Everybody, oh, in the NBA, nobody really locks nobody up. Cool, great, S- sound good. Who he make it hard for? <laughs> Let's check his stat lines. The Joker will literally have 42 and 2. You're just a scorer in all the turnovers and the fact that stat that came out, which was terrible, up to game five. He had zero assists in the fourth quarter. You don't think, especially when that's still with Drew Holiday, you don't think that, especially at this level, you're in the finals, you don't think they knew that stat. Like, all right, when it's the fourth quarter, Book's going to go one on five. We know we could come help. We could. Drew Holiday left CP3, who's a capable shooter, left him and came double. Trust and believe they knew that stat. Oh, he ain't going to pass it in the fourth quarter? And yes, D Book is still young, you know, it was his first playoff series and all that good stuff. Just don't put his name with Kobe. And this ain't nothing new. He's always just been a scorer. D Book also D Book also said to not put his name with he told people he, he never knew be better. Compared. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. He's aware. You know, he's oh, aware. He's I'm aware. glad self-awareness is so important in, in today's society. I, I always say that. I always say too. You have to be able to look in the mirror and know. I am not Kobe Bryant because I don't do nothing else. <laughs> yeah, oh. That's easy to do. I don't, I can't tell. Oh, you know what? I'm Matt Barnes. <laughs> I can look in the mirror. I'm Antonio. I'm still working. I'm trying to figure out this podcast thing, trying to be a better interviewer, a better discussion, you know, stuff like that. I'm honest with myself. I'm glad he came. It took him what? 72 games about 14, 15 playoff games to come to the realization that he wasn't Kobe. But I don't think he was saying he was Kobe. Yeah, it was he was, everybody else. He should have even asked a question about it. But um, he should have – didn't it start before the finals started and they was asking him questions about it? I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think so. Oh, no, 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 no. I remember it was before game one. They mentioned about the comparisons and he was like, oh, yeah, Kobe was great and I took a lot from his game. He should have said from there, stop bringing Kobe up with me and that's what's always been my problem with d book where it's like i don't feel he takes it to that next level him a donovan mitchell where they're just scorers they don't do anything else to affect the game game seven against the celtics kobe was off but i think he had like nine ten rebounds that game couple assists he don't do anything else who would you put more to blame on, D Book or CP3? I I blame CP3 more than ever to blame D Book because I told you yesterday, D Book. We knew going into the series what D Book was, and nobody expected D Book to change overnight. He was always guys going to shoot the ball. That's it. That's all he does. He's going to shoot. He's going to score. He's going to score flat out. 
So I expected, I didn't expect him to go into the finals and be like, all right, I'm gonna make the right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna suddenly pass the ball and you know, be, and he's in. I saw him throw some good passes throughout the finals. I did. Did he throw nearly enough? No. Did he, did he make, it's not about the nice passes, it's about the simple pass. Just be a willing, being a willing, willing passer. That was make your teams better. That's what makes your team a lot better. But he doesn't do that enough. So yeah, I didn't expect that. But CP, no, like he just didn't play to what I thought he was to, to the level I thought he was gonna play at. He, we didn't get the same the same CP from the series before against the Clippers. Do you think anything had to do with it with him coming off of COVID and the maybe. rumors of the hand injury? Yeah, maybe, probably. The turnovers were unca- the turnovers were uncharacteristic. So if that if that is a possible factor, then are we really putting in on CP three then? I just I, if he played at thirty six, they would have won. won at thirty six. Well, I didn't put D book at whatever his age was to win that series on his own. I mean, you talk about uh, all right. So we wasn't expecting D book to then come into this series and be and like be all different. right and be different. But Giannis no. was. What you mean? They, they they use Giannis differently. That's a whole different conversation. I feel like so no? then so then, Bud out coached Monty Williams there. Because Bud made the, he, I think he, I think he did. But I also, I thought the Bucks had. The, the, I chose the Suns in this podcast, but beyond the scenes, it's don't sound cool. We're talking, it's sound weak to some people. I, 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 I you know what? Tag Ruben in this clip. We're gonna tag him. Tag him. Big Rube, what up? Tag him. I told him the he if he was here, he would he would tell you. I told him the Bucks are gonna win the series behind, behind the low, on, on the low, and 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 I said that because they're bigger, and they're more athletic, and they got more veterans. And I, I want, I picked the Suns with my heart here on this podcast. I want this. I want, I don't want to see Milwaukee win. A, a, are you see, Milwaukee, Wisconsin? I don't want to see them win anything. Like, you watch know cheese. The biggest thing I have to offer over there is cheese. Like, I don't care. Like, so anybody wanted to see them win. I, I sure, I sure, I didn't. So I, I picked up my heart here, which was never do that. You want to be right. Um, but, hey, but that's, we'll see around. In a couple of months that you did that again we're not going to go into it but you pick with your heart when it comes to football with the belief of daniel jones so this is this is nothing new on the no. show you often go with your that's heart that's not true i pick i pick like, i pick off what i shout see. out shout out to Analysis. my man shout out to my man addy he said it best like greg is really a homer to the to the fullest degree so this ain't nothing new our, our listeners know <laughs> <laughs> you go with your heart often um when it comes to this right is it not good for the league with milwaukee winning for like the you know the small market teams and they were able to do it the right way and they didn't have 16 superstars like in brooklyn do you think this is good for the Uh, nba yeah i think it's good for the league definitely a little more parity in the league definitely gets the fans more engaged, which you saw viewership was up this year because there were a lot other teams playing, like the Suns, they're never in it. The Bucks, they usually fold in the semis. So to see a couple teams like this that one team hasn't won, period, one hasn't won in 50 years, yeah, it's definitely good for the league. And, I mean, it'll probably be a little different next year with some of the, the bigger name teams coming back, but – at least you got to see a team that didn't, you know, take the cheap way and try to win that way, try to trade for guys and woo superstars on, on teams and whatnot. Yeah, it's rumored that, you know, Brooklyn was paying for uh, side pieces to to have somewhere to live, and that's how they was getting some free agents. I don't 
that's what I said rumored allegedly. I, it wouldn't put it past me, you know, with some of the players, their typical history and their, um, you know, taxes, how they spent their money in strip clubs. I wouldn't be surprised if it was true. And, you know, Brooklyn is not lacking in money with their owners. So, I mean, get it by, get it how you get it. You feel me? Get it how you live it. But with the Bucks win, I think it's good because it's one of the smaller market teams to win. They haven't won in 50 years. It gives hope to teams like, I mean, Cleveland won with Braun, but it gives hopes to teams like Cleveland, Orlando, Memphis. It gives them hope, like, all right, we can one day do that, which is cool. In 50 years, maybe Memphis wins. In 50 years, maybe Cleveland wins again, Orlando. It gives them hope for a 50-year window that they might win, win a championship. But also, I feel like it also shows that any given year, circumstances change like teams thought that they had it this year like brooklyn thought they had it lakers thought they had it a lot of teams thought they had it but some of these small market teams that people slept on i'm sure the odds for the suns to win at the beginning of the season were incredible to bet on if yeah if you were risky enough to take that bet but i don't know i think when you you come across teams like this that are hungry like it was interesting to see PJ Tucker. He he was a little drunk today in that uh I'm in that good. parade. I'm good. <laughs> he was on his Chris Bosch, but it was interesting to see like a team of dogs, some guys who worked from the mud. Like you saw Middleton, he was in the G League. Giannis started playing basketball maybe like 10, 11 years ago. Yep. So he's still pretty pretty new to the game yeah what's crazy with that too lebron's final thing they said his first finals attempt Giannis said he played the year after that that's wild crazy wild crazy and they showed the the you know the the picture of his first year to where he's at now he's put on 50 pounds 50 pounds a lot of that is obviously muscle because eight and big he was throwing that boy around like a rag dog (laughs) Giannis was so dominant, and we're going to talk about how dominant that performance was and that game six was. But I want to ask y'all this, since we talk about small market teams, he came out and, you know, he said it was huge. It was his city, and he was able to do it the way that he did it because it was not a super team, and he did not join a super team and, you know, take the easier route of playing a role, which we know that, you know, you hit a heavy breathing. That's Brooklyn right there. Of course, some would say also that's Braun in Miami, that's Braun in LA. And if we're gonna say Braun too, you better put AD in that category also. Is this Milwaukee team a super team in y'all eyes? Steven Jackson said it was. What's y'all thoughts? Is the Milwaukee Bucks a super team? Yes. You're drunk. Yes. What the heck is in that yes, Sierra Mist? Yes, they, yes, it is. Yes, I think they're a super team. Oh, yo, my gosh. People get ca- yo, people get caught up in what – so what a super team to you – it all depends on what a super team is to you. What's a super team to you? Please break this down. A, a super team to me is a team where you have three or more all-star caliber players on the same team. All-star caliber players. All-star caliber players on, your team, on the same team. Yes, that's what I think. Now, they have a superstar, mm-hmm. an all-star in Middleton – an all-star in Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday has had to be an all-star at least once. I sometimes I look once. at you. 
But he hasn't been an all star in like a yeah. Decade. But everyone knows that everyone knows around the NBA how good that guy is. Okay, he's one. Of, he's one of those guys. He's like Mike Conley. I haven't been an all star that many times, but the, the real ones in the NBA know they respect my game. I'm one of the best defenders in basketball. They know. They know about me. So but, before before they won, right? Before they won, when this team was first constructed in the offseason, you view them as one of the super teams? I view them as one of the better teams. I, I no, 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 the better team. Hold on. So, hold on. When they added Drew, I think they they went into that territory. The reason why I, I didn't think they were a super team at first, I'm not going to lie. The reason why is because I didn't think Middleton was like that. The way Middleton played, kind of brought him in super team territory, in my opinion. Okay? Giannis, look, Giannis, the people are talking about this whole thing, and Giannis brought it up, and I know he's trying to, you know, he's trying to pat his own back. I get it. I get it, okay? But, but okay, but hold on. So, super teams, most people, when I say this, when I have this conversation, and I've been talking to people about this, they, they go, oh, yeah, well, it's, all, it's about how it was constructed. Some people told me the Warriors weren't a super team. It, they, and I'm not pre-KD. Pre-KD, they were already a super team, in my opinion. I've been telling people that. 72 win Warriors were a super team. It didn't matter that they were that they were built up through the draft organically. Mm-hmm. That you're still a super team. Super teams already existed for pre before Bron. Boston Celtics were a super team with with KG um, and Ray Allen and, Ray Allen and, and, um, and, and Rondo and them guys and Paul Pierce. And Paul Pierce, hot take trippers. Yes, right. And then the Lakers had a super team and Magic, James Worthy, Kareem, mm-hmm. Bill Russell had a super team, Kevin McHale, Larry Bird. Had a super team with all them dudes. Like it, it, it's, it's been around. It's just the way it was constructed. The only the reality is people only had a problem with super teams when Bron did it because of the way Bron did it, right? Because he took his, because he took his own destiny into his own hands. So that's why that's when it became a problem. But the reality is the, the Bucks. If you look if you look at their roster from top to bottom when they added Drew Holiday, they didn't have many weaknesses. The only weakness in the roster was Giannis, and I have been saying that forever. And then Giannis went and learned how to take some free throws. <laughs> he can make them. And he stopped taking stupid shots. Threes are dumb shots for him because he's so physically dominant. And he figured that out late in the playoffs. He was the only thing that, he was, the only thing that was wrong with the Bucs. So, yeah, I thought when, when that clicked, when Middleton started playing better, and when Drew was obviously locking up people on the side, like, forget his scoring. Drew, Drew's going to impact the game without scoring a basket. He don't really yeah, have to. Yeah. He did a super side team. Sidebar, sidebar. Chris Paul, whether he was injured, whether he was, you know, recovering from COVID, Drew Holiday was really locking him up. Drew Holiday was locking him up. He's literally like a linebacker playing guard. And imagine him, a linebacker, riding you from all 94 feet the whole game. Drew Holiday really won is in shape to do that all game. 94 feet, he was riding Chris Paul. And you can't tell me that didn't tax his body. By the fourth quarter, Drew Holly just ride him the whole game. He's a bigger guard than CP3. The fact that we were seeing plays with Drew Holiday, yo, it was a couple times he was posting up D book and D book was struggling. Drew Holiday really strong, strong. That he's really strong, strong. But the Bucks, I don't think they a super team, man. I, I can't. What's your definition of a super team? I need I need you to tell me tell me that. I, I'm really yo. I need to know the, the people's thoughts on this. I know most people aren't going to agree with me, but then you please tell me this: Are the Warriors that that twenty what sixteen team away mm-hmm. one Are they a super team to you guys? Are are they a super team? I'll, I'll ask you both too. 
you talking about the the ones before KD got there. 72 right? wins before KD came. I'm in agreement with a lot of people. Is the biggest thing for me is how it's constructed. Oh. If it's homegrown, which is what Milwaukee did, they add the only piece they really added was Drew Holiday. Shout out to my man Bobby Porter's underdog becoming a top dog. Shout out to him. That's where it's different. They drafted Clay, Steph, Draymond, and they grew into that. So it wasn't a super team originally. They became that because they played so well and gelled together. But it's, I wouldn't view it as a super team because how they built it up. That was drafted, and nobody at any point thought when they came together, super team. You knew from, from Jump Street, Bron, Bosh, D-Wade, that's a super team. KD added to that Warriors team. It's a super team. KD... Kyrie, James Harden, Blakey Blake, super team. <laughs> Nobody by any chance, even at the beginning of the season, going through the regular season, going through the first rounds of the playoffs, was like, yo, this Milwaukee team is a super team. So you we're I think we're prisoners of the moment, and because they won, yeah, Milwaukee was a super team. Y'all was not, y'all was not a thought process that Milwaukee was a super team. Hold up. Would you have said they were a super team when they were about to play game three down two zip? Against Sun? Yeah. I thought they were on that caliber the whole time. Yo, it, yo, they unlocked the British potential of the team. This I'm I the only weakness the Bucks had for as long as I can remember, really, like seriously, was Giannis. He was the only thing that made them like not as good as they should have been. They should they should have they should have been in the finals. They should have beat Philly. They should have beat Toronto with Kawhi. They could have if Giannis, Giannis has been 242. For Ma- He's weighed that much and been that strong for that long. He's always been physically imposing. He was the only thing that was wrong with the team. You can't have him up top of the up to, at the top of the key, dribbling the ball, and, and, and trying to make a decision on some bronze stuff like and, and attacking from the perimeter. That's not his game. He has no moves. But he has no thing. dribble moves. I think we I think we need to look then. That's coaching. But so that's the system. If the system, if the system is set up where they're trying to get him going downhill and setting up the offense, this is where I had an issue with the team in general. Yes, we all knew Stevie Wonder knew Ray Charles knew that Giannis don't have a deep bag. It seemed like the only person over the last four or five years that did not know that was Coach Bud, and he was continually having this be the system. Giannis also knew. Giannis takes some culpability for that too. Giannis knew. Giannis knew. Great. Hand clap. Hand clap emoji. Coach Bud, it took him game three, four to start making actual adjustments. Which is why I've been saying he should have been fired. It, it, I completely agree. He, I'm saying we can't hold we can't hold all of that of him dribble, dribble, dribble on Giannis. Some of that blame got to go on Bud because it took him how long to realize, yo, your dominance is very Shaq-like. Why? Ain't nobody in their right mind, even when the NBA was transitioning, was like, yo, Shaq, come out here, give me a little 15-footer. No, stay down there. My man had 19 free throw attempts. 19 free throw attempts. It took Coach Bud this long to realize, let Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday run the offense and really, really 
through that pick and roll with Chris and Giannis is dag near unstoppable. They, they, like I said, they unlocked the potential of the team, and then it got into super team stratosphere. It, was, it didn't always look like that because it was dumb the way they were using Giannis. But I think that when you unlock the when you really get to a place where this team's clicking on all cylinders, be, simply because of a simple adjustment that they made, they're, they're a super team level team. Now, I look at them and I go, okay, like if the Nets are fully healthy, I still pick the Nets in the series, but it is going to be a dogfight. I did not feel that way. I didn't, I wasn't scared of the Bucs in the slightest. If Kyrie doesn't get hurt, the Bucs are out of there. We're not talking about this. And they never make the adjustment. I'm not talking, but seriously though, the Nets come into this conversation because next year, that's what we're talking about. It's those two teams in the East that will decide it. It's not going to be nobody else. It's not. So that's that's the conversation. That's where the conversation goes. But that where they are right now, yeah, they're on super team level. They're, they, they definitely are. I, I'd say, all right, now we can put them in that conversation going into next season. But the team that won was not a super team. Because they won now, we can put them in that conversation. Next season, all right, now we have to put Milwaukee as – one in a super team. Could we all can we at least agree that super teams always existed even before Bron made the decision? Oh yeah. And even if you're home, even if you're a homegrown product, even if you draft your players, it's just, you can still have a super team on your hands. Yeah, of course. I'm okay. saying I'm saying when it's homegrown though, it, it feels different. The narrative around it is different. It turns well, into. Of course, it should be different. I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but I'm saying that they exist, and I'm saying that no one had a problem with that until Bron did it the way he did it. It's all about the way it happened. And that's all it breaks down to. But their super teams, the narrative around it's a little weird because super teams have always been a thing. My dad, his dad, your granddad, they voted, they they all like super teams. Okay. Like they act like all the new NBAs, all this and that. The it first you're there. saying the first granddad? Because if we go back two granddads, we talking about Bob Pettit and you know, Will know them. Julius. Julius and Moses Malone was in the, the super the, team. What? That was that was a, a tandem. That was a no back was then a when they're playing as plumbers and you had two of them dudes. Oh, yo. <laughs> no, it's hey, when yo. they're playing against plumbers and electricians and cable cable vision dudes. Just to let y'all know this episode is gonna be a lot of basketball. We about to transition to flag on the play. We we it's gonna be a whole lot of talk that we're gonna be discussing on this series and going into next year and how the impact of Giannis and his game was. We're going to transition to the flag on the play segment right here to give it a give it a break. Flag on the play segment. Y'all know how this go. Story, a headline, accept or decline. First one, white boy Rick, the youngest ever FBI informant, is now going to be suing the FBI. Accept or decline. What's he suing him for? <laughs> I'll accept it because I want to know what, what yeah. he's suing for. For those that don't know, you go watch the movie. White Boy Rick was a 14-year-old FBI informant. He is basically saying the only reason why he got involved in drugs, selling drugs, doing any type of drugs was because he was influenced by an agent. And they then used that information to you know arrest the people that they wanted to arrest. But then he went away for went away to jail. While in jail, he was still giving them information, and he was under the impression that you give the information, his sentence will be lessened and never got lessened. He just got out last summer, July 2020, and he is looking to sue because he feels he was wrongly convicted, and he's been in jail 
because the FBI coerced them to do all this stuff and then turned on them. Can't mm. yeah, I'm surprised. How's he going to pay for these lawyer, lawyer fees? Unless he, he's getting royalties from White Boy, White Boy Rick, that movie. But I don't know, man. It, White Boy Rick. That that was a, a funny movie, funny name. Whole the whole story is just crazy. I think if there's any validity to it, though, I mean, just just the fact that he was 14 years old mm-hmm. as an informant, somebody got has to be hold held accountable and culpable to that on some level and some degree. And according to what the story was, the father contacted the FBI because his daughter was dating a drug dealer and he wanted to stop it. Rick actually was never involved in that life until that happened. So I think at least on some level and some degree, he is right in that regard. The FBI agent came and his son was able to identify the photos and then I was like, oh, you're great. You can be an informant. Somebody should be held accountable and culpable. He's he was 14. So on some level, in some degree, they should be held accountable for that. You can't be using a 14-year-old to be an informant and that especially in that type of lifestyle. And he was shot while being an informant. Like it's a lot of stuff in that on some level, you he, he gotta get. You know reparation he's gonna, something he's gonna get a bad white boy rick white boy he's getting paid let's move on let's move on he's getting paid <laughs> next topic 22 year old joseph o'connor part of a group of internet hackers that took over accounts on twitter was arrested was caught except for decline I missed that. I'm not going to hold you. <laughs> what? So it was a group of hackers. One of the main culprits, a part of it, was just arrested. 22-year-old Joseph O'Connor. It's a group of hackers that yeah. were hacking Twitter accounts such as Elon Musk, Kim K, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden. They hacked Joe Biden's account? That was from like <laughs> last year, a couple of years ago. Last year. Last year right? yeah. oh. And they just, they just caught one of the other oh, one of the culprits they caught the the head person that was running it but yes. now they just caught another person that yo that hack is is serious bro if you can it's, get away with it yo but it's, but it's it's a serious threat it is it's a serious as it's like serious, a national security threat as serious as it, as it is the person that was the head of it like the mastermind behold behind the whole thing graham clark pleaded guilty earlier this year only got three years. We talk about, about white folk, white folk, right? Like, what, what am I asking? These, this is these is white people. Three years for some of the stuff they was doing. For example, they hacked Joe Biden's account to make money when he was running. Before he became officially president, they made up a tweet like, "Send money to this link Ooh. so that your money could be doubled." And wasn't it with like cryptocurrency, which is why a lot of people did it. And they got like well over a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that is that is major crime. Three years that's don't sound ma- like enough three to me. Years that's major crime. That's not petty crime. That's that's like that's it's a major security breach. Three years. 
three years. Yo, <clears throat> Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Kim K, Elon Musk, hacking accounts like that. Not, not our accounts. We'd be like, yo, somebody hacked my account. Said I like, I have a toe fetish. Nah, they was out here really doing yo. some wild stuff of big prominent people. They, they was on some super villain, super villain stuff. Like that's what they was really. Yo, I, they, <laughs> yo. And the thing that's crazy too, a lot of them, not even twenty years old. Like the head guy was a teenager. I think he was like eighteen or nineteen. Are all these guys white? And it's like, how do you learn these skills? Do we know? That's young. I don't know if all of them are white, but I think the you know the two people that I just mentioned are of Caucasian descent. Well, man, I'd be walking around if I was white. I'd be walking around here like I was bulletproof. I'm not gonna hold you because they clearly are. <laughs> I'll be walking out here like I, y'all can't do nothing with me. Last one for flag on the play. Now we got two more. Flag on the play. Jody Smith Turner. I don't know if you know who that is. That's the head person, the head female that was in Queen and Slim. Without remorse, the movie that was with Michael B. Jordan. So y'all have a, a visual. Jody Smith. Turner proposed to her husband. Would y'all say yes and be on board for a woman proposing to y'all? Oh, no, hey, you looking at me? <laughs> you look at me so fast. Yo, Miles, this question applies to you. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you as a man, if you haven't been proposed to propose to yet, your opinion actually matters more than mine. I think your opinion would be more interesting than mine. I haven't answered that question, but. Obviously, you have an answer because you did the proposing. So yeah, right. I would. I wouldn't accept it. I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not accepting that. I if feel she, like. I mean, if she did it, it, it probably is outdated. The man has to do it, but I'm sort of still in that realm where I should be the one to do that, and I don't want to be caught off guard. You. Proposed to me in Target or something, or I IKEA. Know. I don't know. But how, how does it? So when a woman gets, she just gets on the and asks because she gets. So according to their story, they were on a beach, and that's how it went down. He was completely shocked, as Miles alluded to. Did not know it was happening. Um, y'all call me what y'all want. I don't care. I'm married. My wife loved me, but she know the vibes. She know darn well that was not happening. Get off your knees. You not proposing to me. It's straight yeah, like that. I'm like, what are you doing? Nudging. You start nudging. I'm like, yo, what is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> caught, like you said, it, it may be outdated. Oh, you know, of course, women empowerment. I, I'm all for that. Y'all be empowered, but not that empowered. I'm not with it. You did your proposing. Obviously, I proposed myself too. I think there's a world where my girl would propose to me. I mean, she she asked me out. She's the only reason why we're dating. We, we we started dating in the first place. I yeah, we, know, we, we know back in the day, Greg was a little quiet. He didn't say much. So for him, yeah, that's, that's not even true. <laughs> for him, that's the not even might true. Be yes. No, she. I'm saying she she asked me out. No, I'm saying so. If she proposed to you, would you have been like, oh yes? No, chill out. You wild. Is he? <laughs> He's really OD. <laughs> and I literally asked the question. I said, yo. If they're proposing to you, they're not giving you a ring. <laughs> no, bro. So if Ariana, shout out to Ariana, the queen that she is, if she proposed to you, you saying yes? 
there's there's no there's the wrong answer to say no here. I feel like because then she gonna look at this this tape and be like, what the hell? Oh so, yeah, you still gotta live it. But I mean, I mean, I guess I personally, we had this discussion before we got married, and she, she knew the vibes. That wasn't happening. Um, it wasn't gonna be a post like he said yes. That was never gonna. That he was said never gonna yes. That was never you don't gotta happen. make it like that. You don't gotta make it weird. If that if it happens, you don't have to make it weird. It it's already happens. weird enough. You don't have to make it weirder by doing he said yes or or having so why don't why don't you think she wouldn't want to go to that point? Not your girl, but why don't you think the girl would want to go to that point? Yeah, it does. Now she's just embarrassing if she does that. If she posts if she if she puts a picture of your hand in the gram, <laughs> my gram is getting deleted. <laughs> oh, what you're gonna click on that that, that name. <laughs> Post a picture of the dude looking like this. <laughs> I think we're gonna see more of that happening. Honestly, though, Yo. we've been seeing a lot of it happen. You know, females proposing. Um, like I said, I personally won't be for it. You know, I think it's cool because then they could. Some of them could go through the rejection that dudes go through. That we be seeing them people in the middle of the mall and they go through a whole proposal and she be like, Nah, get up. Yes. Nah, get up. I don't want to embarrass you. The yeah, answer is no. It's so, happened. Not to me. But it's oh, happened. okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> about to this might be an exclusive <laughs> one. Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> be on E News. Whatever. Yeah. Hey. So the next. Oh, he said ever. So like I said, you you gonna be you gonna be what? Uh, Best man holiday. He Terrence. He Terrence Howard. Oh yeah. He yeah. Terrence Howard. Oh everything. Last one. Flag on the play. Except for the decline. LeBron James now has become first athlete to make a billion dollars in career earnings. We're not even talking about what he did off the court, but in career earnings, a billion dollars. I feel like you gotta accept it because he's kind of laid the ground i mean laid out the blueprint for how to be a a successful businessman off the court and have a tie-in with stuff on the court too like space jam that that might have set him over honestly and him and rich paul got a good thing going you know bron's got his hand in that that whole Rich Paul got a good thing agency. going. He got a good thing going too mm-hmm. with Adele. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rolling in the deep. Oh shit! Got an interesting little notification here. Um, what happened? What was the notification live? What, what happened? They said the report for ESPN oh. that Kuzma and Schroeder feuded and were feuding throughout the entire season. Season and that went further south during the playoffs, especially during that first round series loss to the Suns. That's yeah. great. That's great. Get them both out of here. Thank they you. They both suck. Thank you. So since you just got the notification, and it's great, and that, that's what I said this. Everywhere Dennis Schroeder has been, as of late, he mm-hmm. has complained about his role. Mm-hmm. The man thinks he's supposed to be Magic Johnson or something. Give him the keys to the whole franchise. Put me on the commercials. <laughs> when y'all see, when we play on ESPN, it should be Giannis against Schroeder. That's what he wants, obviously. Now it's rumored he's supposed to get traded. <laughs> he's supposed to get traded for Russell Westbrook. What's your thoughts on that one? Russell Westbrook to LA. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't either. like it at all. And they shouldn't do it. 
and 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 there's better options like Dinwiddie, Lowry. There's just better options. So both those players to me, I'd rather have than Russell Westbrook. That's going to some people tight. Dinwiddie over Westbrook, gets some people tight. But Dinwiddie, I think the thing you got to remember too, especially with though, exactly like with the Olympic team, all y'all hating like why they choose Javale McGee? It was for fit. It was for fit. It was for fit. They're not sending obviously out the LeBron, Kobe, Carmelo, KD team. So in that sense, you have to go for fit. The Lakers, same situation. They have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The rest of that has to be for fit. They don't have a superstar all-star team where it's three stars and it's like, all right, we want to add the best. No, they have to go for fit. And there's not that many other stars out there that you could put on that team that it would fit with properly. Russell Westbrook, it'll be a great homecoming story for him to come back to LA where he's from, where he, I think, resides in the summer. Like, that would be great, but I don't think that would be a good fit. I think CP3 would be, better, uh, would be a better option, but I think CP3 is staying in Phoenix. I think CP3 would have felt more comfortable going to LA if he had won the ring. CP3 is a very proud person from what we see. I don't think he wants, speaking of narratives, I don't think he wants his narrative to be he had to join up with Braun to get a ring. So I think he's staying in Phoenix or or New York. Yeah. That, is, is, so he's never going to win. He's never we're, – we're, Chris Paul will never win a championship. I think that's fine. I think I could yeah, agree I, with that. I, I, no, I'm just saying we're just, we're just coming to that agreement right now. Chris Paul's never going to win. If that happens, Chris Paul is – and he knows. He, he can say whatever he wants. He knows – He's never going to win a ring because this year was an aberration. The Suns weren't even supposed to be there. Well, he has to put his pride aside and, and make the and make the decision. That's it. Put your pride aside and make the decision that is best for your career. That is best for that is best ends in a round out in your career with the ring. Round it out with the ring. You don't got. You don't. He's made all the money in the world. You know he doesn't have to play. He doesn't have to play for a ring. He'll be fine. He's I, a Hall of Famer. He's stamped. Yeah, he's, he's definitely stamped. a Hall of Famer. I think he. I agree his best bet would be to go to the Lakers, but I just don't think he's going to do it. And I think, proud. yeah, and I think if L.A. makes that trade for Russell Westbrook, Bron not winning again either. Yeah, if they, yeah, make, if they make, if they make that easy. trade for Russell Westbrook. Yeah. That rumor is BS. I don't believe there's any smoke to it at all. I think it's BS. I think we're just, it's just something to be out there, to be out for the sake of being out there. I am telling you, it's far more likely they will get a Dinwiddie before they get, before they even think about going after Westbrook, Westbrook makes no sense for them. Dinwiddie makes more sense. Lowry makes more sense. Lonzo, uh, Lonzo makes more sense. Um, and and, and it'd be cheaper, way cheaper, way cheaper to bring him back. If if the Lakers haven't learned any lessons yet of having salary cap tied up and getting rid of all your assets in the Anthony Davis trade then I don't know. They must not be on, they must be on a different planet. They need more depth. They don't need really a Russell Westbrook. They don't need per se a Damian Lillard. They need somebody like a Chris Paul, a Dinwiddie that's going to fit in there and you spread that money out and get other pieces. But that team's going to look totally different next year. Yeah, it will. They're going to, they're about to blow this whole thing up. More of the THT's not coming back. I don't is THC up for contract now? Uh, they well, just made him. Yeah, they just agent. made him a restricted free agent. So they have his bird rights. They can. They have his bird rights. Forever. 
but why would they match it though? Well, they they shouldn't. I, I think they should do a sign and trade and get them. Yeah. That's what I think. I think. I think that's what yeah. they're doing. That's why they made them restrict. You can't it. bring them back. It's irresponsible. You need a team with vets on the team. You can't have too many young guys. The Lakers have too many young guys in that team. Kuzma, THT are liabilities when they're in the playoff. And then Caruso's gone too. Probably. He's going to command more money. He's earned it. Yeah. I mean, he didn't earn it in the playoffs. He shot like garbage, but he's earned it throughout his career. Uh, tell him. Tell him. Uh, I agree. I PTSD? think. Yeah. That... Do you remember how bad those were? You, that was the you worst. You asked me, do I remember how bad it was? <laughs> the worst shooting performance I've ever seen from any team in the playoffs ever. It was Ever. absolutely terrible, and it was even more where people would question the whole Lakers winning that championship because when it came to them knocking down shots with fans and everybody in the stands and a lot more pressure, they didn't come through. And a lot of people questioned and, you know, downplayed. The Lakers won because there was no fans there. Y'all saw the bubble. KCP was shooting like he was Steph Curry and everything. A lot of that shooting went straight missing when it came to this first round series against Phoenix. We mentioned CP3. Are y'all saying, where do y'all think he's actually going to end up, though? I'm thinking he's staying in Phoenix. Do you think he's going to end up on the Lakers? I think it's Lakers. I think it's him, Melo, AD, Braun, Banana Boy. Banana Boy boys get together again, and they, they, they go for a ring. I think that that's going to end up happening. CP3 is going to be in what jersey next season? Then the Bolt Boys would be dope seeing on the same team. I mean, it, it makes too much sense for him to go to LA. And Brown was probably there in Phoenix telling him, like, yo, you don't got to deal with this garbage. Like, yo, Brown was there to recruit. You think Brown was there for any other reason to recruit? And promote his tequila. That too. That was funny. It was like, yo, they let him come in. Braun responded to yeah. the tweet. It was like, you think they, you think they let me? <laughs> <laughs> They don't know. By the time LeBron retired, rightfully so, every team in the league should retire number six or a version of his number. Like they let me know. I I low key had I run Phoenix also. Okay, <laughs> just let you. I run Phoenix also. His man, his man's the his guy. His guy. He put him on James Jones. James is Jones. The facts. He put him on facts. Brown's really, really a mob boss. Like. This this he Don Corleone or something like. Hey, chill, 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 chill with the uh, mob boss stuff because you know somebody came out said that he was trafficking women and whatnot. So who? Oh, dag, dag, ah, dag. Greg really focused on his on his girl. He don't know we knowing what's going on. Cabby Pondex came out and um alive right. Alive yeah. was like yo, she was kidnapped for like the last two years, and LeBron did it. LeBron be. In her words, LeBron is a sex trafficker and took all the money out of her account. When did this happen? Recently? It happened like in the last week. Yeah. I didn't hear about this. It's never made it across my time, my timeline. Come on, son. What's going on out here? Don't don't let me find he out. Got the bro. parental guidance on, <laughs> on his, his IG. The parental guidance. Nigga didn't pop up on my shit. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to hold you. I support women's basketball, but I don't, I don't follow too many WNBA hoopers, though. I'm shocked that you didn't see it on one of the the main pages that post stuff. Like feature report and all that? No, no it wasn't on there. You know, Greg. This the shade room? You know Greg got his notifications on for the shade room. I, don't, I do not. I really don't, though. I, I, or, 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 or what's it called? Black, what's the, the black um, BS something? Black Sports Online? Black Sports Online. Come on, son. Bruh. Complete 
on an enemy, you know, complete sidebar and everything like that. We've seen Greg Fong. Black Sports Online is a favorite on his online. He's a damn lie. <laughs> He's sitting here lying to y'all, bro. Yo, you're it's, a liar. That's it's, crazy. It's, it's bad. How? Where would y'all rank this closeout game by Giannis? Giannis had, we already know, the 50-piece. He had the five blocks, 14 rebounds. And those blocks were huge. Were huge. Five blocks, and you could say he altered another five shots also. Mm. I loved him getting the goaltending. It reminded me of KG, like, I'm just letting you know I'm here. I know it's a goaltender, but I'm letting you know I'm here. And you can't tell me on some level, in some degree, you're coming on a fast break. That's not crossing your mind. You're DeAndre Ayton doing your hook shot, and this Joker gets up and sends it to the other side of the court. That doesn't affect your confidence on some level. Where would y'all rank this closeout game for Giannis? This has to be top five, in my opinion. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, because of how dominant he was in this game. Nobody else had over 25 points. He had 50. I think the next closest was Middleton with like 14, 15 points. Like he was really the guy down the stretch, and he wasn't letting he wasn't letting up. So, I mean, it is it better than Bron Game Seven against Golden State? Yes, Bron Game Seven against Golden State was twenty twenty six nine thirteen and like nine with the big with the biggest with the block. Giannis's game was bigger. Giannis's game was better. The stakes were higher in Bron's game. The stakes were higher in LeBron's game. I'll say that. So, so if you want to compare the two, LeBron had, I think LeBron had more pressure on him than Giannis did. Giannis could have lost in the finals this year and no one would have batted an eyeball. And and the pressure on LeBron James is different. Different than any player in NBA history. In fact, to the point where it's messed up basketball conversation forever. We, I was going to talk about this. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to talk, take away from Giannis' big moment, though. People think I hate Giannis as it is, so I'm gonna say this right now: <laughs> for the 50 point game, I think it's the, I think it's, I think it's easily top, top two, top two greatest closeout game I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm gonna give you some stats. I'm gonna throw some stats out there. Right, 33 of the 50 was in the second half. He's the second player to score 33 in a finals half. The other was MJ. He's the first player to record multiple 30 point halves in a single NBA final series. He averaged 35 and a half points, 13.2 rebounds, five assists in the whole series. And the first player to average 30, 10, and five on 60% shooting in the NBA Finals. The whole finals, it would you have to put it. It's easily You had like his whole finals performance was so dominating. You have to put it in the top two. For sure, it, it has to be up there. I wouldn't go as far as though some people are saying, which we could transition into this. People say when you win the ring, that means you're the best team, which I can understand with that. You oh, won, so you're the best team. But to go to the extent of him, they, people are saying that Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now. I would disagree. What are y'all thoughts on Giannis being the best player in the NBA right now. I think it's just in the moment. Like people kind of overreact. It's kind of like when Durant was going off against the Bucks. 
everybody was saying, oh, he's been better than Braun for, for some time now. And now what? Couple couple months later or a month later, now Giannis is better than LeBron and Durant. I mean, come on, man. That's that's <laughs> it's a reach, but that's not to take away from how great he was in this finals and this whole playoff run. Is he in your top five? Easy, yeah. Give me your top five. I can't do that off the top. I'll give you my top five. I'm doing Braun, KD, Giannis, Steph. Is Harden in there? Kawhi. See, when I say Kawhi up there, not, they don't want to agree with me, but. Who, who you say Kawhi? You say Kawhi up there? I, I think Kawhi's top five, too. I, always, I think Kawhi's always been in my top five. I'm not, I just don't like him. I'm not putting him that dislike Kawhi. I'm just not putting AD gotta, in it. AD no, not my top five. AD is not my top five. If AD, now I know it's fit and it was built around Giannis and they did everything to fit Giannis's game. If they switch, do you think AD can lead a team to the finals? Forget even forget even the specific the Bucks team. This is where I am going to pick Giannis. Because AD has not been able to lead a team past what was it the first round of the playoffs? I'm picking Giannis. Yo, well, he never got a chance to because he was on that. I mean, yo, <laughs> is that Pelicans team? Is that, is that the narrative though? Is the narrative that um, that that Giannis led the Bucks to the finals? Giannis led them here. Yes, that's what happened. <laughs> you could fix your face. You could fix your face. You really want to say Middleton? <laughs> We not gonna act like Milton didn't drag this. Yo, drag, drag, stop it, stop it, stop it. The hyperbole. saved his in the the playoffs. He saved it because he's the closer. But a lot of those games, those forty point games that people mentioned, right? If I were to pull up the stats, I don't have the exact stats. Those weren't good forty point games. It was on 26, maybe thirty shots. Middleton, he played good in the last three four minutes. That's what matters. Okay. That's what matters. You can't say he dragged him though. He, because yeah, when Giannis could make a free throw, when Giannis was going one, two, three, you want to do that at the, at the five. And, and when Giannis, it's taking 50, if it, it's taking 30 seconds for him to get a shot off, it's 48, missing, it's 48 minutes in a game, right? Yo. Giannis dragged them 45 of the minutes. These are all tight games. Yo, they wouldn't have beaten Atlanta without Middleton. They wouldn't have beaten the Nets without Middleton. It was Middleton that got him here. So Middleton should have been MVP? Of what? Of the, the postseason? Of their postseason run? They, yo. Giannis should go buy him, go buy him whatever he wants. Go buy that man whatever he wants. I believe and agree he should go buy him what he wants. But Giannis led the Bucks to the finals. Giannis led the Bucks to a championship in the final two weeks of the season. The narrative matters. Okay, he did not lead the, the whole playoffs. Do you think how many times did that man save? Yo, Chris Middleton saved him. Do you think AD can lead a team? They ain't trying to go. They trying to go back. No, I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> You, you, you scared you past the question. What? Do you think AD can lead a team? I think I think no. I think if AD is in a similar situation and you have a guy like Chris Chris Middleton who's gonna you know who's gonna save him and make big shots and and, and pair up with him like that nicely, then yeah. I, if yo, you want, put yo, put AD in the Bucks. I think they'd be fine. See, that apology. The only pro- no, the only problem, the only problem with it, with this is that AD gets hurt. If AD's that's a, a huge problem. If, of course it is. But if he's healthy, but if he's healthy, because Giannis, I mean. We thought he had an ACL, MCL, LCL tear. He's, gener- he's he a generational back. athlete. 
He's like a fat, he's like a faster Will Chamberlain body like type. That's what he is. He went and got vibranium. Yes, he probably did. I'm uh, he probably taking HGH. Who knows what happened? Hey, to him. hey, <laughs> now that, that was Fox <laughs> News right there. That was Fox News right there. Don't talk to me about Fox News. <laughs> I was saying, joking, Wakanda went and got vibranium, but you talk about HGH. Come on, man. Yo, we don't, we don't know. You might be, you might be on that stuff. The horses are on. The Clydesdales are on. All I know Yo, is at the end of the day, that's racial issues right there. Too, you compare them to a horse. <laughs> hey, yo, Greg might get canceled at this show. Yo, he's still mad that KD's feet are too big. Nigga, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> shut up, bro. You gotta look at it the whole picture, bro. Like, it's Chris Middleton is the unsung hero for the Bucks to get him to this point. Chris Middleton deserves. If not fifty percent, at least fifty percent of the credit for them getting here. I cannot say definitively Giannis got them to the finals. No, no, he did not. Giannis was a re- Giannis was one of the biggest reasons why they weren't going to get here. <laughs> Couldn't make a free throw. Was playing. Was playing. Was taking terrible shots. He did not always look good. But let's, play, let's, let's, let's call. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. Okay. We, I know we're on the Giannis love tour and all that stuff. It's cool. It's great. In the last <laughs> two weeks of this, in the last two weeks of this NBA season. He was Shaq. But before that, Giannis love tour. They on a Giannis love tour right now. But it's right more, now, it's more of a Giannis respect tour because, you know. You be, yo, but you know why? Because it was so loud. The doubt was so loud about him when he was playing like like, like a like a horse with no head. Why do you think – do you think there's any validity to other NBA players don't like and respect Giannis? Because when you see, for example, Trey – go off you see literally half the league yo trey young is going off it was kind of you know you see lebron go off yo this guy's the goat king james when Giannis do well like why it was maybe like two or three people that i saw it was bron and like steph and them that really it was so. literally it was like KD, two three people KD gave him respect too. yeah but that's my i'm saying do you think <laughs> Like, why do you think that is? Like, it's, it was kind of radio silence for that. And even when he was doing well, it was a tweet like CJ McCollum kind of helped start that narrative of what Greg is preaching that Middleton should have, well, Greg ain't saying Middleton should have got MVP, but CJ alluded that Middleton should got finals MVP. Why do you think the hate or the, the silence is on Giannis? It's not hate. It's not hate. It's real silent when he do it's well. Calls, calling, it's called calling a spade a spade. He, he, the reality is Giannis is an all-time great athlete who happens to play basketball, and, and it worked okay. out. That's and that's fine. I'm not saying it's not okay. Why, we, why can't he get the same love? Because we can look at a lot of players who have – he's flawed just like anybody else. Mm. Okay, yes. A player is a flaw, but he's, he's more flawed than your And why, why, are we, why are we looking at Giannis as a finished product? He's not – He's not even a finished I'm product. I'm glad you're saying this. This is perfect. I, I want to talk about this. It's because of LeBron James. It all goes back to LeBron James. It's the way it's the way that LeBron James was covered in the NBA since he's gotten here as an 18-year-old to now. The, the expectations around LeBron were always ridiculous. And then they let one – this Skip Bayless run out here. There's something narrative that he wasn't clutch when he was out here killing teams in crunch time early in his career. That's what LeBron was out here doing. Okay, Brian has always had the spotlight on him. They it changed the way that we judge players. Now the ring talk, the 
and, and we don't even measure our expectations anymore. We're, 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 you're killing Devin Booker. Yo, Devin Booker just got here. I should be, I should be, he should be, he should sleep easy tonight. Knowing that, hey, like, that was pretty damn good for my first goal round. Now, if you're an elite competitor, you want to win every time, I get it. But, and he has work to do. He is not, he is, he does not pass you. Absolutely he's, right. He's but, not, yeah, he's not a finished product. My but, only issue was him. He doesn't do anything else to affect the game. I agree. But I'm saying we should give these guys time to figure that out. Just like Giannis should get time. Giannis shouldn't get killed. He shouldn't get killed. But I think even the reason why I fed into it, I fed into that. I'm, 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 a, I'm a key culprit in all that for sure. But like that, the reason why is because of the fact that LeBron got that treatment early on in his career. It was, it's, that's, that's really where it come from. That's really what it is. It, it all started there. There's a toxic nature on basketball talk culture. It started with Bron. Hey, Miles, do you, do you think, though, like Giannis doesn't get the same respect and love as other NBA players? And if so, why, why is that? I honestly don't know why. Because, I mean, it's pretty impressive for a guy who hasn't played the game that long to just walk out here, can't really shoot. And still average like 28, 13, and, and five. Yes, it is. But I don't know. It's social media. It's... And it's, he's hard not to like. I mean, knowing the yeah, story nothing of you can really his, about his mom and his family and his growing up and what the stuff that he went through to get to this point. I think Giannis is one of the most likable people I and the likable he's... stories in the league. People now don't people don't root for teams anymore. People root for players. And you have so many Braun guys. I am telling you, you have so many Braun people out there who are like, yo, Braun never got a break. Why is this this no free throw shooting guy who runs into people full speed and get takes and gets charges called and plays? Sometimes he, sometimes he plays like he doesn't know how to play basketball. There are times where Giannis looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. There were times in this playoff run where Giannis looked horrible. And no one talked about it. It was like, all right, we, we talked about it. There was a little bit of – but it wasn't the same noise. I'm telling you, in, a, in an era where people don't work for teams anymore, they were for players, they don't – people identify more with, like, the 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 way their player was treated. The persp- they think it from that perspective, and they're like, oh, I why does he that, get a pass? I think that's, why does he get a pass? I think that's so dumb because they do it that. They, they do that to LeBron. They do that to a lot of their generation players now. Yo, Mike ain't had to deal with that. You know – this Charles Barkley didn't have to deal with that coming into the league. Yo, I think you need to just appreciate the players for who they are and stop looking. It, to me, a lot of times it sounds like a lot of hate and jealousy anyhow. Because it's like, yo, it's them looking at it now like, yo, they have it easier. If you look at the life perspective, though, that's how it should be. That's really how it should be. Like, if Rosa Parks were alive now, you think she'd be looking like, yo, they get to sit in the front or the back of the bus. No. No, nobody would be That's saying like that. that. But it, I'm, it all goes back to my point. When LeBron came to the league, it broke basketball conversation, basketball culture, basketball discourse. It broke it. It It is toxic now because of people like Skip Bayless go on TV and say stupid stuff. People buy into it. People were really saying Brown wasn't clutch for the longest time. They were just, yo, it all goes back to that. I'm telling you, like, because before that, Michael Jordan may have gotten criticized, Charles Barkley got criticized, sure, they always did. It was not the same. It was not as loud. And those guys from that era will tell you that. They didn't have social media to worry about. There wasn't some random Joe on his couch talking about them. They didn't hear it. They didn't hear it. That was just white. No, it didn't exist. Now it does. So those narratives stick with you now. 
but I think it's even more. You got to give props to the players because they go through all of that, and especially especially that. especially in this era now of how the importance of mental health is. Yeah. If we switch, I don't. Let's let's be honest. Every player back in the eighties and nineties wouldn't survive in this time no. of the criticism. So I no. think it's unfair, and I think kind of the narrative and the discussion should change in that regard of so much of the comparison of the time eras is, is really hard to do because you got so many other factors that come into it. You feel me? So like, for example, Jordan playing in this era, everybody says, oh, yeah, he would have averaged 55. He would have averaged 55. But how do you know Jordan will respond to the shade room, black sports online, um, bleacher report posting him going gambling before the game or him or him, uh, Making sure that Horace Grant didn't get his food in the plane because he played bad, and that goes out, that gets out there in the papers on Twitter or whatever. Yo, that's one aspect of it. If you're gonna get back to the root of this conversation, guys just don't respect his game. James Harden generally does not respect Giannis's game because Giannis, it's basketball. We we all play, okay? We all talk trash, okay? We see a dude puffing his chest out on something. He's the bad. He's the best guy. You want to go with that person. It's just the competitive nature of the sport. So when 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 James Harden does an interview with Rachel Nichols and says, "Oh well, Giannis is just a run and jump guy. He don't even know how to play like that," that sticks with you. That's what dudes around the league think. It really is because of how raw Giannis is and the way Giannis was playing early on. Again, Giannis was the only thing holding the Bucks back from being here. It really Giannis was the Bucks' weakness because of the way he was playing. I've complained about Giannis in the past about him not being as skilled. But this is the thing where I don't appreciate, you know, players like Harton and whatnot. You still got to respect it, like you said. The fact that he isn't as skilled as an Anthony Davis and he's still putting up those numbers, you really have to respect. You ain't got to like it. You don't got to like Giannis. And I think a lot of players, from what it seems on the outside, is personal. And I don't like Giannis. I don't like the coverage he gets. I don't like how... Hey, LeBron got this type of hate. I don't like how, hey, Ben Simmons gets more hate than Giannis does. They love some Giannis. It's personal. You still got to respect it, though. You ain't got to like me, but you got to respect. The man is still doing numbers. And we all know he can't shoot. So you got to give Rondo couldn't shoot and was still doing numbers you know how hard it is to not be able to shoot they're guarding you from the free of the line and you still get 15 assists in that game you got to respect it you may not like it maybe you have every right to critique the game you got every right to be like yo i'm james Harden. i'm mad skill i do this that and the third why y'all giving him this much love and you know that really started from Giannis saying i'm not going to draft him on the all-star team because i want to be able to get the ball because he's not going to pass it and then it just went personal after that if we be honest at the time in houston how that offense was it's not many players that would want heart on the team either he just said something you think lebron laughed just to laugh <laughs> where was Harden picked in that drive it was other players picked before that lebron didn't even pick him up you feel me so we can't have it both ways have our cake and eat it too there's some things that people don't like about Harden game. There's some things that people don't like about Westbrook's game. But you're still going to get a respect. You still the, He don't get that same type of respect. Harden in that Houston Rockets offense was a lot of one on four, 18 dribbles. I'm going to shoot with three seconds left on the clock. 
on Mashu, three seconds only went off the clock. I think, I think, I think, and he still got the respect. Basketball, basketball purists, basketball fans. I, maybe this is just me. I didn't enjoy watching Harden those years. I, I appreciate the ball popping around a little bit and guys getting the ball. I appreciate the ball moving around, ball movement. I, I do, but I could, I the one, there was one thing I could never do was say anything about Harden's level of skill or his ability to score. Harden is one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. I mean, it's it's like top two, top three. He's really up there. So you still giving him respect? What one hundred percent? And I know that's, that's your saying. point. I know that's your point. But I'm saying that I've been, I've also said for years. I don't. I don't. I don't. I have, up until two weeks ago, I never enjoyed watching Giannis play basketball. I never enjoyed it at all. It was never remotely yeah, fun. That's that's definitely uh, well documented. I because you you're looking for the flash. There's no. Real no, I'm not, no, I'm not. No, I, I don't think. I don't think I it's mean, a. I have a mouth. I don't think he's. I don't think it's effective what he was doing before. I don't think that him drilling up top of the key and running into his man full speed and hoping that he gets either a, a, a foul called in his favor or he just runs your ass over and no one calls anything and just lays it up was fun to watch. It was not fun to watch him in half court orchestrated an offense. And you had Drew Holiday. It made no sense. It, 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 it wasn't fun to watch. For years, it hasn't been with Giannis. Giannis is raw. But you could say the same thing about when Harden was drawing 30 fouls a game I, off of just There's, a, there's craftsmanship to that. And there's crap. There's there is, yo, Miles, I'm not using brute force to try to, try to run. To, there is. Harden's going to the basket, Euro, hands. It's very strategic. Low hands through, the, through there. That's stuff you teach guys when you're, when you're working them out. You know you don't teach guys? Oh, you know what? He's playing your back here. Instead of working on your jump shot and getting it to a point where you can be a respectable jump shooter, just run into him full speed. Run to him full speed and hope for the best. That's just run into him. Yo, and, and, and yo, you laughed, and that's really what he was doing. Blake, Blake was just taking charges. Jeff Green was just taking charges. Clint Capella was just taking charges against my guy. Like he was too predictable. It's not, it was not fun. He just figured it out. It clicked at the right time. And he's got heart. And we def so we're definitely. We want to talk about what's next for both of these teams, and especially with, as you mentioned it, Giannis unlocking that. What does that mean for the Bucks coming up? Well, before we transition into that, which will be, you know, the last part of the show, talking about next season and things to look for for both of these teams and the landscape of the NBA in general from what it is right now, how we see it going next year. Capra Facts. Monty Williams was wrong for making a speech in the Bucks locker room after that loss. Cap of facts. Cap. What's wrong with him giving props to, to the other team? I mean, that shows the utmost respect. You just went to battle with the team. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you think, Greg. I would have to agree. Amin Al Hassan, Amin Al Hassan came out and said. It was self-centered, and I agree. You literally interrupted a celebration for you to come make a speech. It's not your team. You had a lot of great, you know, idioms and little sayings that he had. You know, everything is on the other side of hard. Great. Go have that conversation with Phoenix. We celebrate and we turn up right now. If you want to be the class act, say it in the press. Don't come in the locker room. And interrupt the turn up to be like, yo, y'all really made me a better coach. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> you made it about you. It's not about you. I don't even know why they let them in the locker room. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to talk to you. 
I ain't got nothing to say to you. Go talk to the media. I'll watch it later on the parade seeing, oh, y'all, they did a good job. Tell me then. I think it really was, hey, look at me. And, of course, because Monty Williams is a class act, it's taken that way. But if you out celebrating, you want somebody that you just beat to come into the locker room and interrupt that, like, yo, Miles, Greg, yo, y'all really made me a better coach. Congratulations to y'all. That didn't I'm stop the turn-up, though. Don't interrupt the turn-up. That's really self-centered, bro. That's selfish. You interrupting the whole thing for you to have a speech. I'm, you're not you're not my coach. You're not my dad. Why are you coming here talking <laughs> to me? Not my dad. <laughs> you're not my dad. <laughs> you're not that mean. You're a coach. Your team just lost. You going into the locker room to talk to the other team? I've lost games. I lost games to some good players playing AU. I just pull over to the side um, after the game and let them know, yo, you're like that. You're, you're tough. But I'll never, I'll never like go Exactly. You do that right after the game. Right after the game. Right after the game. Me. Yo. Giannis, you really killed my team. I ain't had no answer for you. Yeah. And that's it. You don't come into the locker room. I think it was selfish. That's just me. Maybe, maybe and now you're saying it like that, maybe it was a little self-serving, but people like Monty Williams, he's a great he, – and honestly, I'm, I don't got a bad thing to say about the guy, but I think you – know, Of course not. No, no. You know, what he's been through? Yeah, of course not. No. Next one. Isaac Bruce came out and said that they are the best – him and Torrey Holt are the best wide receiver – Combo capper facts. He says that because they won a Super Bowl. And he said they were better than the the you know the Minnesota tandem. Chris Randy, yeah, Randy Mars and Chris Carter. Capper facts. I think that's straight cap. Yes, yeah. they won a ring, but that was the culmination of the team. Yeah, I'm they picking Randy. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking Randy Mars yeah. and Chris Carter any day of the week. 365 days of the year, 366 days on a leap year. I'm taking Randy Moss and Chris Carter over Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce. One of them still trying to get to the Hall of Fame. They both should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree, but I'm saying it, well, one of them is still trying to get in. Both are already in when you talk about Randy Moss and Chris Carter. And one is considered arguably the best wide receiver of all time. So what are we talking about? And Chris Carter is top five also. Those two wide receivers in St. Louis would both be top 15. Randy Moss, Chris Carter, both are top five. Yeah, I agree. How, what I, are we talking I, about I, here? All I was going to say when, when, you, when you brought this up was I heard Randy Moss's name come up was like, I don't think you can definitively say you're – you, you can't say you, you, you're a part of a better tandem than any anything, including Randy Moss. So Randy Moss is that guy. So that right there ends the conversation. It's Randy Moss. It's Moss. Capital facts. Miles Powell's stock was hurt because of Seton Hall's mishandling. And according to him, basically lying about his knee injury. Cap or facts? I, I don't think it's complete cap. Like, I think I don't, he, what's cap, if you listen to the, read the whole story, he said lottery pick. They specifically put lottery pick in the story that he would have been a lottery pick player. And I don't think that's true. Okay. I know we all know that's not true. I think so. I, look, you can sue them for malpractice because that is malpractice. They, they misdiagnosed an injury. It was how you, it's, it, it was, you, they said it was an ankle. It's a meniscus tear. 
you're you're shooting them up with 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 uh, painkillers to help him get through the season because Seton Hall was reliant on him. They without him, that team was nothing. And it's you're you're jeopardizing that guy's future. Now he has a t- he has a say in that too. You know, you know it's in the line. You know it's you know what it is. Like you you gotta you're trying to free nutty and all them. You gotta get you gotta get <laughs> you gotta you gotta take your your future into your own hands. But it's like Isaiah Thomas when he, he played through the, the hip injury. The malpractice. Yeah. And he also would have sued the Celtics. I, I did not sue he didn't sue them, I don't know, but the they thing, got fired. Those yeah, they got, got they got fired. The thing is, the, like you said, the lottery part, lottery pick part. I don't yeah. I don't agree with that aspect. But a first round pick, like late first round pick. Because he because he didn't set people up. He wasn't no, a point no. guard. He wasn't a true point. The the thing that and you know we've had conversations with this outside of the show is just my concern is how this is going to be proven in in the court of law two three years later. That's my only concern is if he's actually going to win the case. Um, it doesn't seem far fetched for seeing Hall to do something like this. Shoot any college, especially to the point of it's just now that players are able to make money off their likeness in the last maybe 10, 15 years, Miles Powell is probably the biggest thing to have in Seton Hall. Thinking about that aspect too, we can't afford literally to have Miles Powell sit out too many games. Who's coming to watch the game? That's that's money loss. The revenue is jacked up. So it's not far-fetched. My only concern is when it comes to actually trying to prove it and him getting maybe paid for the malpractice is if he's going to be able to prove it. How is this going to hold up in the court of law? Is it going to go through? <clears throat> is my only concern. Seton Hall's the bigger, biggest loser in this whole story. I, I said that before. I say it again because the best player in your franchises in your in your franchise, your your program's history is is suing you. And their relationship may not be be able to be rebuilt. They love that guy. It's a different level. It's a different type of love out there for him. So, for that to happen, and 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 I, I'm always on the side. I'm always gonna be on the side of the player. I mean, Miles. You know, I guess you know what else did you think? You, you probably should think you're you're a top five pick in the draft. And and it's hard to watch these guys go over you when you gave them thirty. A lot of these guys thirty. I get it. But basketball is about so much more than giving people thirty. And there's so much more involved. There's so much more involved in scoring a basketball. It really is. It's not what coaches look for a lot of times. This isn't. It's 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 cool, but that don't always win you games alone. As a la D book. Okay, so it, it it's it's like it's tough. It's a tough situation. I sad. It really makes me sad because it was fun to watch him play with Seton Hall. I think the relationship, the relationship being destroyed potentially is what's sad about it. But. I hope yeah. D book. I, I, I hope Miles win. Miles wins his. Uh, maybe they, maybe they set it outside of the court. Maybe they make it. You know they fix things because yeah. like you said that's one of the, the biggest you players. That's one of the biggest players in their history, like of their whole program, and for that relationship to be damaged like that, don't think it's not going to affect future recruits coming in. Nope. Don't think it's going to be tough to not have him coming back to the games and people on their official visits that hey i get to see uh miles powell you know that's part of some of the allure of going on these official visits yo my official visit was done by for example Gilbert Arenas when he went to arizona richard jefferson did his official visit 
that's a part of the allure of it. Part of, hey, if I go to Duke, I know Grant Hill went here. I know Kyrie. Christian Layton went here. Kyrie, and there's still good relationships in that. UNC still brings back Michael Jordan on visits. Like, Tyler Hansborough comes back, who is a, a, a god over there. I think they really should try to fix this and try to do right by Miles Powell. Last one for Capital Facts. The NFL is right in pressuring players to get the vaccine. Capital Facts. I'm, I'm going to say facts. I'm going to say facts. I know it's a, it, people, people say it's a personal decision not to get the vaccine and everything like that. Yo, I mean, at this point, <laughs> at work, I, at, at work, there are two people who had who got COVID at my job, and my job didn't tell anybody. My job didn't tell anybody. They didn't oh, tell, nah. Major HIPAA violation. Major HIPAA violation. They not tell nobody about it. Two people are out. They have people in the office. Maskless. Maskless right now. So now, bro, like honestly, you hear about the Delta variant. You hear about how it's going around, and it's gotten stronger because of people who aren't vaccinated. How the CDC talking about how. It is dominating unvaccinated areas and is spreading because of that. So we're, we're going to get back to a point where we're going to be on lockdown again. You know, that's, that's what, as it gets colder, it only gets worse. The NFL wants to have a season. There's guys who are anti-vax for all the different reasons. I'm gonna for, for different reasons, though, mm-hmm. right? Black people tend to be anti-vax because they just they don't trust the system. White people are anti-vax because that's a whole nother topic. I don't even want to go there. Because that's, it's, gonna, it's a whole different discuss, discussion. We'll, we'll maybe have somebody come on that can uh, represent and speak on that behalf on, their, com- on their community. Please, because um, it makes no sense. But it's cool. Like where we're at with it is. What's your thoughts, Miles? On it, it? it don't make no sense. Like you gotta get back, bro. Get get back. Like DeAndre Hopkins, you know the tweet that he put out, then deleted. Basically, like I don't think he would ever do this, but considering retirement because of the new rules that the NFL has set up regarding the vaccine. I mean, for the safety of the league and trying to avoid different scenarios where multiple people are just spreading COVID throughout an organization, it makes sense from that perspective. But, like, I feel what D-Hop's saying. He he feels like now is you're almost pressuring me. Like, if I don't get it, then I could cost my team a game. If I get it and i give it to a couple other people and possible fines possible and stuff like fines that. and losing money on on his end this is where the world's headed but yeah this is this is where we are in america and the country in the world it's just this is what you have to do to stay safe and get vaccinated and some people have chosen not to do that Digging their heels in miles like and then you see cole beasley come out and so arrogant um, that's the thing. I think I'm not in a position, but I think some players forget in all sports. You're at that point, you're making these millions of dollars. And you kind of think that you have freedom of choice in a sense. But, and I'm all for the player empowerment and whatnot. But you got to remember, you know, go back to when before you made this money and you was working at McDonald's and you was working at Checkers and Kmart and Target, the NFL 
is your employer. They set these rules, these new guidelines. You have a choice to listen and you have a choice not to listen. There will be repercussions either way. There will be consequences either way. When you choose to do good, there's consequences for it. When you choose to do wrong, there's consequences for it. This, they're still your employer. This is what they're setting in place. It is what it is. That If it's so bad to you, then maybe you should consider re retirement. I get it. I get people being anti-vaccine and they don't want to get it. And you should have the freedom of choice. Yes, we're in a free country, all that good stuff. But you got to remember this is your boss. Essentially, this is your boss. And if your boss tells you, yo, you can't wear do-rags at work, you, you could wear a do-rag. You might not have a job. You could not get the vax, but then your team, because basically NFL said we're not doing that rescheduling stuff this year. We're not doing that. You're going to forfeit the game. It's straight like that. You take an L. Yeah, because you have an option. You have an option to not. You could, you could, you could get yourself out of the situation and make sure that you're essentially bulletproof against this. And even when you get the vaccine, you can still get COVID, get COVID, but you're just limiting the, you're just limiting the odds of that happening. Hey, this is real life though. Yeah, like yeah. everybody, every, everybody else in America that has a regular job, not getting paid these millions, you have to follow what, yeah, and what your employer just, is saying. Yeah, like it's just, or else you're not going to get this bread, period. And, and this is where life is headed. You're talking about getting, for guys getting fined for getting, for violating COVID violations, not getting the vaccine, potentially getting fined for that. Yo, that's where we're headed as a country. That's not as a world. for the world. As a world. You, you want to go to the supermarket, show your vaccine card. That's where things are going because people don't, because people polarize everything. People can't agree on, agree on anything. Everything's got to be a right wing, left wing, middle wing, up wing, north, south. Everybody's got an opinion. And that's fine. But when it comes to things like this, where public safety is a matter of concern, people are dying every day. Y'all hear? Like, it shouldn't be that hard. But it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, the way I see it, I'm going to keep it a buck. If black people get in the vaccine, no one should be scared of getting the vaccine. That's all I'm going to say. That's facts. And the thing is, at this point, there's been enough people that got it and are doing just fine. There's been enough people at this point that have got it and don't have no crazy side effects. And some of the bad history that has been said, you know, has been proven with the medicine and whatnot concerning black people. It's a lot of black people that got the vaccine and are just fine. So I think they should just accept the, the new changes. Man, so we got to look a little ahead, super early. We don't know what's happening in free agency or nothing like that. But as of right now, where do we see, like, what's next for, we want to start with Phoenix, the losers. What's next for Phoenix going into next season like obviously the priority needs to be trying to sign chris paul back but what what's next one what does it look like for phoenix next season you got to see which direction you want to go like you could tie all your money up into chris paul and try to go full steam ahead at one last shot of a ring in these next couple years because I mean, he's got maybe two three years left but you could also move on and You've built a, a pretty solid team here. You got Macau Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. Of course, you got Devin Booker, a young star who's improving every year. So you could either go ring chase with Chris Paul or you could try to build this with someone younger and someone 
who could sustain this for a little longer. You could always look at Lonzo Ball. You could look at options in the draft. If you can get Sharif Cooper, you can make a play like that and try to build it up that way. But I just think that, I don't know, CP3, his his best option is to go elsewhere. And I feel like that might be the best thing for the Suns, too. No, I don't disagree. I mean, it, it, it does boil down to Chris Paul, too. Like, that's for them. It's Chris Paul's future. That would dictate where they go from here. If Chris Paul decided to go to the Lakers, well, it's, it's going to be tough. We're going to have to make some hard decisions. You're not going to have a great draft pick. I, I mean, unless you're 29, 29th yeah, pick. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, Cooper's most, is most likely not going to be there by then. So, I, it's going to be hard to, to, to bounce back from the loss of Chris Paul. The, the only thing you got going in your favor is that Chris, Devin Booker's a year older, you're wiser, and you got the other guys, the other young players, Cam, Cam Johnson and Michael Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Aiden being a year older and having this experience. But let's be honest, the Suns had a – sometimes you got to be lucky, and they got a little lucky to be here. They they had a nice run to the going to the playoffs. I mean, it was very nice laid out for them. AD, LeBron coming off the injury, AD gets hurt, you get past them. And also, not to mention Lakers, literally – shot the worst that any team has in NBA playoff history so that you get by them. Then you go play Denver. Denver's down uh, your man, Jamal Murray. Who's right? man? Whoever's man. He is. Okay. Jamal Murray. <laughs> They're down Jamal Murray. You go down there, and they're starting to composite. Okay, you beat them. No duh. Then you go play the Clippers. Kawhi gives down right before you play them. They had a nice – it was very nicely laid out for them, and they took advantage of it. This won't happen again. It was nice. Side sidebar. Sidebar. Uh the composite thing. It can't be um <laughs> it can't be no duh. Uh concerning the composite aspect, just because uh <clears throat> that's kind of part of why Dame has an issue and has actually spoke up like, yo, y'all gotta do better because we shouldn't have lost to Oh yeah, to Composite. So they started Composite and they beat them. That's they- where that's where I think and that's what I'm saying. Like Phoenix, obviously Compazzo isn't, you know, considered the biggest threat or anything like that, but they did what they were supposed to do in handling business. Yeah. So you got to give Phoenix some credit for that and for not playing down to the competition, yeah. what, which what seemed Portland did, um, unfortunately. Milwaukee, where where do we go from here for, for Milwaukee? I know we were mentioning Milwaukee has to be considered the favorites going into next season. Maybe favorites of what to win in the east? What to win in the east? So <laughs> they're they're they they gotta they gotta they got Nets Bucks is what it boils down to. We'll see what happens. So I'll leave it at that. Nets Bucks, see what happens, and that'll that'll decide the fate of the east. I don't think I think they got to figure out too if they're you know bringing Bobby Portis back, um, and figuring out maybe do they add. A couple different pieces. I think if Giannis plays this way next season, Brooklyn doesn't have anything to answer for Giannis. Not yet. I, mean, I, I, I don't think. I don't think that they necessarily will have an answer for that down low. I don't. I, even even going in next year, I think they're going to add someone who's big. I, I, I like that they get known as Noel. Can he guard Giannis? No, but. I, I think you just gotta get enough guys to annoy him. Get, the Nets will get big bodies coming in the next year. I think they'll look, look a little bit different. Their supporting cast will obviously it, it needs to be. 
But um, at the end of the day, I just think if you if you got James, Kyrie, and JD healthy, I think you're getting by them. And, and it won't be easy. It won't be easy with the way Giannis is playing. But I'd pick them in six or seven. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I think the next to stay healthy, it's all about health. Health will decide everything. What's the ceiling for Milwaukee next season? I think they they could run it back. They should run it back, depending on how much these guys want. Because you know, after team after guys win a ring, <laughs> they want their bread now. So Bobby Portis could be out. Yeah, you know, his bread. PJ Tucker could be out. I mean, PJ Tucker going into it, part of his issue with Houston, he wanted some bread. Yeah, so he's not about to settle yeah, down now. The Bucks can't pay him. No, they shouldn't pay him. It was a one and done. It was, it did what it, it was supposed to do. That so, means that all, 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 that makes my point though. They're really gonna struggle with Brooklyn. PJ Tucker was annoying, and no, PJ Tucker was that toughness that they needed. Yeah, yeah, it was important. They're gonna struggle with Brooklyn, man. That's why I say it's really key to see what. I'll, again, we're projecting this super early because free agency is August second. We got the draft still happening. It's a lot of factors that's going to go into this, and we'll obviously revisit this conversation of like, yo, what does next season look like? Who's the favorites? Once we see free agency happen, once we see the draft happen, then we could really have this discussion like, yo, they picked up this person, they picked up that person, they lost this person. That's when we could have this discussion, really. It was an early, super early projection, which is based off what we're looking at right now. As the team currently constructed and how Giannis played, they definitely had to be the favorites and in that conversation of getting out the East. Yeah. And I would, with Brooklyn only. I would think that they should try to bring back Bobby Portis because he was huge for them this whole postseason season. And I, you gotta bring back some or or draft, sign some three and D wings. Cause as we've seen, Macau Bridges was big for Phoenix. Cam Johnson was pretty big for Phoenix. Down the stretch, there was a lot of three and D wings that were playing out of their mind. So, this is probably something I think they should consider too, because they don't really have money. Because you got your money tied up between Giannis and Drew, you're gonna have to sign Chris down the uh, down the way. Also, he's gonna probably at some point gonna need that big extension within the next two three years, especially after winning a ring. As you said, you win a ring, that's on my resume now. That that gives me another twenty thirty million that you're gonna have to add to my contract. They maybe should consider trading, you know, like Brooke Lopez to free up some cap space and maybe get, for example, somebody like a JaVel McGee that would be cheaper and still protects the rim to just free up some cap space to get a 3 and D to be a part of free agency. Because right now, they can't be players in free agency unless they're trying to get veteran minimums. I don't think they're running it, I don't think they're running it back at all. I, I don't think I don't. I think there's a very little chance they run it back. Yo, well, the NBA season has officially ended. No more games, but it's low-key just started. Um, this draft free agency is going to be huge. You know we're going to be keeping you up to date, talking about it, and looking towards next season because it's, it's going to be a crazy season next year. Lakers retooling, Brooklyn retooling. It's going to be a big season, but y'all know the vibes, man. If you stay ready. You do not have to get ready. Bench mob, we out. Peace. Peace.